Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do Just what to do, just what to do If what you're feeling is really true Is it really true, is it really true Just keep your ideas safe and sound Safe and sound, safe and sound That's exactly how change is found Change is found, change is found I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass And in time this too shall pass I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass Jerry Petito taught the class I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass Loves the answer, the greener grass Free at last, baby. Free at last. I want to introduce my incredible guests. First of all, I have something to say about both of them. I got to meet them and hug them a couple years ago. They came and did an event for me with Michael D. Moore. It was incredible, and I haven't stopped thinking about them. I mean, think about that. I got to hug them, okay? And we never got an interview set up, and... I was thinking like, wow, I can't believe they won't let me interview them. And the whole time it was a misunderstanding. And I am so honored right now today. I cannot believe that I am interviewing from the 1910 Fruit Gum Company, the original and a member of over 20 years, Frank Jekyll and Glenn Lewis. Say hello to everybody. Hello. Hello, everybody. (laughs) How are you guys? We're good. Hey, Jerry, I know you're, you're going to interview us, but I thought maybe uh, before you do that, we ought to mention that uh, you're uh, celebrating a 30-year anniversary and have received a, a very prestigious award. Can you talk about that? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, well, first of all, yesterday on the exact date, of my two shows that I have no control over to date. So I know God had something to do with that as well. I did two shows on my 30 year recovery. Um, 30 years ago, guys, I should have been dead. I'm not kidding you. I was very thin and very sick and God saved me. And here I am 30 years later. And on this show last night, I had over 7 million listeners and the CEO came on and said, Geraldine Petito. And the only other time that was said to me was when I got enshrined in the International Hall of Fame in 2019. So I didn't know what the heck he was going to say. And he said that I have now been given a Lifetime Achievement Award internationally for internet radio show host. So I'll be be enshrined in December. Thank you, guys. I mean... Listen, I don't want to get emotional today because I was so emotional last night. But thank you for acknowledging that, and I love you guys. Congratulations. We love you, too. Thank you, sweetheart. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, I, I don't want to forget this part before we get started. 
because I was just told by you guys, I am getting tickets, guys. We're going to talk about, you know, during the show, he'll talk, they'll talk about what's coming up, but mark your calendar, September 25th, the State Theater, okay? They will be there with a lot of other incredible legends, but I just wanted to that's, say that's, that. That's that's the one in New Brunswick, not yep. the one in, uh, in uh, Easton. Yep. <laughs> There's two. Yep. So um, we'll talk about that again, but I just wanted to make sure I told everybody, mark their calendars. I'll be there too, and I cannot wait to hug you guys. Um, Thank you. We're, we're looking forward to it. Oh, my goodness, me too. I can't even might, tell you. We, might even bring you up, we might even bring you up on stage to sing a song with us. Well, I mean, I you know, I'll come up on stage. I'll hug you guys, tell a silly joke, but sing. You know, I don't know about that part, baby. <laughs> so... You know, Glenn, I just want to talk to you a minute first because you've been in the group over 20 years, correct? Tell us about that. Yes. Well, um, we, uh, you know, Frank had been approached by a couple other guys to uh, reform the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. And uh, so Frank, of course, went along with that. He thought it was a great idea. And uh, he and I... uh, you know, we've been playing in a duo for I don't know, over 40 years. And uh, he asked me if, if I would consider uh, playing the being the bass player and do some singing. And I said, sure. You know, so we started out, we did uh, a ton of rehearsals and uh, we were booking gigs and uh, trying to get ready for that, that first big gig. And I, I don't remember where, when or where it was, but uh, so shop up. Oh, soda pop shop in uh, Bloomfield on uh, Bloom no Montclair or Bloomfield. Bloomfield in Montclair. Yeah, and uh, so that was the beginning for me. I know Frank goes much further back, but that that was the beginning for me. Well, I was honored meeting both of you and hugging you guys, and and you know you guys coming out and singing for me, and it was just amazing. And I just never thought you know at my age today that i would have met you guys so i want to say thank you for that first and foremost so glenn i think you're incredible um but you already know that i think that of you thank you what's this what's this what's this my age stuff what are you you talking about well because all right i mean you're you're still you're still wet behind the ears no but like you know (laughs) i always say this on rtr i was born too late i am 60 so i'm not a kid anymore but i was born too late because my favorite music of all times of course elvis he's my guy you know music is a must for you to keep your joy especially if it's elvis because elvis is my boy come on baby so you know elvis oldies do up and all that and then all the pop music so here I am on RTR interviewing so many incredible legends, and I just can't believe it, like what God has done, how he's blessed my life. And here I am with you guys. Now, Frank Jekyll, let's talk about you, man, because I grew up, and, and I still giggle when I think about you, and I sing your songs. I can't sing, but Simple Simon says, I mean, come on, one, two, three, red light. As I sing them, I giggle and laugh, and here I am talking to you today on my radio show, and yes, I did get to hug you, so here we are. Tell us about, you know, the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Come on, back then, till now. Well, back then, uh, it was the 60s, and... uh, there's never going to be another 60s. Right. Uh, it was it was the biggest, most exciting 
most wonderful time in, in music and in pop music and rock and roll, the whole nine yards. Uh, it just, uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't have words to describe what, what a fabulous experience it was. I mean, in, in 1966, uh, actually being at Shea Stadium and, and watching the Beatles perform live and, uh, and being at uh, the Singer Bowl, watching Simon and Garfunkel and who opens for them, but the doors. I mean, uh, uh. When, when, when Light My Fire had just come out. So I, I have a lot of uh, fabulous, wonderful memories from, from back in the day. And then luck as, as luck might have it, uh, recording a couple of demo songs with my band, which, which was called uh, nothing egotistical about this at all, but it was called Jekyll and the Hides. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, my head was big. You know, it's much smaller, much smaller now. You know, but uh, that band morphed into uh, another group that we called Odyssey. We, we we wrote and recorded some songs written by the drummer and. Uh, and, and that demo got into the hands of a, of a producer uh, who then contacted us, came out and watched us and liked what he saw and uh, and got us uh, to sign some contracts with him uh, to become the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Uh, but at that time, you know, we had nothing. We hadn't done anything. And um, he gave us a song that he thought was going to be a hit. He had recorded it with other people. And uh, he didn't like the way it came out. He didn't think it had hit potential with that version. So we took it and uh, worked on it and uh, shaped it and formed it and uh, basically came up with a different arrangement that uh, was modeled after uh, Holy Bully and 96 Tears, uh, those records with that kind of a, 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 a dot, 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 dot organ sound and a boom, 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 boom bass sound. And uh, we stuck that in uh, to the song and we recorded it in December of 67. It was released uh, in late December. And that went on to become uh, Simon Says, and uh, did, uh, as you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good for us, and uh, got us on, got us on the map, and uh, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history, I guess, because uh, we just went on from there, and um, we're just living the life and having a great time today, going out and doing shows. You know, think about that. I was like what six years old or something when it came out, and here I am, sixty years old, still singing it. Think about the impact sure. that song had on everyone in the world not just here you know what i mean yeah like yeah, think about that yeah one of the most amazing things is the song actually went to top 10 and uh and actually was number one for six straight weeks in italy <sighs> of all places and so much so that we actually had to go into the studio and record an italian version so oh. there is there is there is an italian version of simon says i didn't know well that as well as one, two, three, red lights, an Italian version of that song as well. I didn't know that. Well, I'll, I'll have to get you copies. Oh my gosh, my dad was from Italy. Please. Oh my uh, gosh, you you really made my day. Now, I mean, I'm not kidding you. It. Wow. Now, now I'm sorry I didn't send them to you so you could play. I would have played one. Oh man! All right, so <laughs> but listen, send them to me because I will play them during one of my shows. Okay. Oh my it. goodness, amazing, amazing. So speaking of Simple Simon Says, let's honor everyone right now with it. Here we go, guys. And you can giggle when you sing it, because I'm going to be. Perfect. I like to play a game that is so much fun. So very hard to do. 
So that song is amazing. Hold on, guys. Hold on. We got a little surprise, a little surprise here right now. Say hello to your buddies. Hello, buddies. <laughs> hello, buddies. <laughs> One question. Who are our buddies? Okay. Bob Kulik, uh, I, I everyone. Wanted to, I, wanted to, I wanted to call, and I, I asked here if I could call and say hello to you guys, because I've known you so long, and I want to thank, uh, thank Frank for coming out and seeing me last Monday night in Woodbridge. Oh, wonderful. Bob Kulik from The Happenings, everybody. Hey, Bob. How you doing, fellas? Glenn, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, I'm fighting this. You know, Frank, Frank right after that show, <clears throat> I came down with bronchitis. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so for the last week, I've been fighting this bronchitis. I thought you were sick before the show as well. Well, I, yeah, I had some kind of a... It started to come on, and then... Uh, I got through the show. I was a little worried about that, but I got through the show. No, you did great. You sound wonderful. Well, thank you. Ever, but ever since, you know, I've been on Flonase. I went to the doctor, got tested for COVID, got was negative. Told me I had bronchitis. Put me on a <coughs> Z-pack and the whole bit. So for the last two weeks, I've been canceling all my work because you can't sing when you're coughing. You know. Yeah, right, right. Not, not very well. I tried it. You did, huh? Okay. There the, people like you to try it, Frank. Like <laughs> you know why he's telling everybody this, right? Because I already, because he already told me I can't sing for. I was, I was asking him if he could sing even thirty seconds for us a cappella, <laughs> and he can't because he's so sick. So you're this off the is hook. The way Jerry, this is the way Jerry is. Uh, nah, he's pulling your leg. He could, he could sing if he wanted to. He's just worried about uh, contract, contracts, you know, arrangements. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I won't uh, step on your interview here. I just wanted to say hello. I'm uh, oh, so happy you called in. That was great. You know what, Jerry? I want to tell you something about, about these guys. Yes. In 2017, I, I had a uh, near-death heart attack. Yep. And in 2018, there was a benefit thrown for me at a, at a American Legion Hall. Well, you came to see me, Jerry. Yep. That one. And these guys were there with full band along with other groups, but they didn't hesitate to come in and uh, and, and perform for me and, uh, and for the people there. And, and you know, I, I've known both of them for a long, long, long time. So I, I, I still say thank you. The both of you guys in the group for for, for doing that. You're, you're, most, really you're, most, you're most welcome. You're welcome. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. I love no. you, man. I love you too, and uh, I love these guys. So Amazing. on with the you. interview. Thank you, <laughs> sweetheart. Bob Kulik, baby, from the happenings. We love our right. Bob. Stay safe. So, Frank, let's talk a little bit about Simon Says because everyone out there knows the song. I said that before, all over the world, right? Um, Kojak, I want to introduce you to Kenny Kojak because he's in the chat room and he is one of RTR's amazing, amazing hosts. He's a DJ and he loves facts about all the songs and he posted this and I want to read it to you. Um, it's very hard to stump him. So you guys will know. Elliot Chip wrote it 
He's cousins with Sammy Kantasov from the renditions. Is that true? Uh, don't know. Okay, so then he's, he knows. So well, he's giving well, you. Let's, let's put it this way. Elliot Chippert absolutely wrote Simon Says as well okay. as May I, Take a, May I Take a Giant Step, which is the follow-up single to Simon Says. And, uh, but as far as his cousin goes, uh, I, I can't Okay. that. So he just gave you the cousin info because it's definitely, definitely true. I love you, Kojak. And this one's for you, baby. Who? Hi, this is Ken Kojak from the 60s Jukebox Review. You're listening to the Jerry Petito Show, my fellow co-host on Remember Then Radio. Who loves you, baby? Yes, Kojak will have any info for anyone out there regarding any songs. I love it. <laughs> does, he, does he do his... I have one question. Does he do his show with a lollipop? In his yes. Mouth? Wait, okay. Uh, Not only does... Let me tell you how many times he got in trouble. He used to be on Facebook Live during his shows. He used to do them during the day. He had props. He had giant lollipops, a whole thing of real lollipops. He had horns and whistles and blowers and craziness and yes he looks like kojak the whole bit they used to kick him off and he would be like i'm coming right back wait for me and he'd come right back on so now he doesn't do that anymore because they're really getting strict and now he's on tuesday nights 8 p.m on rtr you gotta check him out and uh i'm sure he's gonna ask me if if i have an in with you guys and maybe we can get him a little interview here because he's amazing Kenny Kojak, that's right, RTR. I, 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 don't, I don't know, Jerry, you're special, so... I love we, you. <laughs> we, do, we do interviews for you with no strings attached, but, but for Kojak, uh, that's another story. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Thank you, baby. Thank you. So, that song, I just want to talk a couple more seconds about that song. Um, all right. Do you think that that song... You already said like what it did for you and all that, but people today, like even kids, young kids know that song. Like, do you understand the impact you've made on people with your songs? I have some, some semblance of uh, an idea. Um, okay. I, I do know, I do know that, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely used in kindergarten classes and yes. pre-K classes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, yes. Uh, and I do... You know, whenever I run into people and I uh, hum a few bars, uh, I'll tell them 1910 Fruit Gun Company, Simon Says, and they'll look at me with the cross-eyed stare, like, you know, you know, I don't know what the hell you're talking about kind of a thing. But then when I sing a few bars of Simon Says, they go, oh, yeah, yes. I know that. Yes, that's right. And you know what, Jerry? Um, I, also, like, when we do shows, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, I look out at the audience and you know, a lot of the people, particularly in the front few rows, they're not any, they're not old enough to remember the songs. I mean, I can tell that they're young people and they are mouthing the words. That's right. And I'm thinking, okay, that really means something. That's right. There are a few songs, you know, by several artists that, you know, has, have stayed and through the test of time. But one, two, three, red light. And Simon says are two that I don't think will ever be lost, because like you said in kindergarten they're they're having the kids sing Simon says and you know standing up and and doing their little jig to it. And my granddaughter is six actually tomorrow she turns six and she will sing and dance to it when me mom plays it. So it's amazing it's amazing the impact that you guys have had. 
you know, Frank, and, and you're the original one. Um, what year did the did it actually start again? If you have said it, say it one more time. Yeah, we released the song in December of 1967. Okay. And it reached its, its highest chart position in March of 68. There you go. So I was six years old, seven, right. Amazing, amazing. So I just had to say that again because I, that song to me is just like priceless. So now let's play reflections by the looking glass here we go guys Mike is yours. Thank you, Charlie. Well, that was Reflections from the Looking Glass, and that was the flip side of Simon Says. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit uh, about the song and the original version of the song and uh, why it ended up being the flip side, um, and, uh, and, and some of that now and some of that after you hear the second version. Um, the lyrics and the version you just heard were... Uh, 
socially sanitized, politically sanitized, at least uh, in the minds of the producer who didn't want to leave it go the way we originally wrote the lyrics. So in, in the song you just heard, we talk about uh, it doesn't matter whether you're wrong or right. And uh, when we're going to play a live version of the song, uh, where you'll hear slightly different words there, it doesn't matter. It's not going to say it doesn't matter if you're wrong or right. It's going to say something different. So you'll listen and pick it out. And uh, there's also uh, in this place, you get what you lacked on earth. Uh, and uh, I'm getting lost in my own lyrics. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, uh, there's this whole section of uh, a well. Man, I'm going brain dead. You ever go brain dead, Jerry? Always. Are you kidding me? We've all gone brain dead. But but what you were saying was that it was it was. But, but anyway, there's a there's a there's a section that's repeated in the in the in the in the two choruses that uh, has different words in the original version. Um, um, instead of talking about, uh, it, it ends up talking about uh, uh, let yourself slip, which is not in the original version. So when, I, when you hear me say let yourself slip, you'll you'll hear what could be could be yeah uh, 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 and lost for a word again here, uh, which could be interpreted. That's the word I was looking for. Interpreted. Okay. You know I know that word for I know that word for a long time. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm talking about a trip that could be interpreted as uh, a different kind of a trip, not one where you go on a boat or a plane. So, uh, so listen to the second uh, version of the song and see if you can pick out those different different lyrics. It's live, so it's not quite as produced and polished as the recorded version is, but uh, you'll get the idea. Anyway, here it comes. Here it comes. Crying here to breathe 
So Nine, take the eight, mic, Frank Jekyll. Talk seven, about this. Six. Five, <laughs> I love it. Four, three. <laughs> That's great. The mic is yours. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, okay. Well, that was the, the uh, live version of Reflections from the Looking Glass. And uh, for those of you who paid attention to the lyrics, you'll see that uh, in the the original lyrics, it says it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. Well, for some reason, uh, they didn't want us to say that, so it became wrong or right on the the recorded version. And then it's uh, in this place, uh, and here I am going a bit dumb with the lyrics. uh, Once you get there, uh, you can let yourself slip. Or, or what do I say, Glenn? Jeez. Go ahead, Glenn. <laughs> uh, take the mic, baby. The wrong guy. <laughs> Let yourself. Uh... It doesn't uh, take long. Oh, here it is. It doesn't take long, and believe me, you'll you'll love the trip. And once you get there, let yourself slip. Is what I say. And uh, that was had to be taken out because they thought it, it was a drug reference. Oh. Which, uh, Maybe maybe when Mark wrote the lyrics, uh, he was thinking in terms of drugs. I don't know. I didn't write the lyrics, so uh, I don't know. But we had to take that out as well. So that's uh, so that that uh, quasi pseudo drug references back in in the uh, in the live version, and that's when we perform it. We sing it with the original lyrics. We think that's more appropriate. Wow. And, and that's the story of reflections from the Looking Glass. There it is. Yeah. Now, why did that end up being on the flip side of Simon Says? Well, when we were given Simon Says in, in uh, late 67, um, we took the song to acetate that he gave us home and, and played it. And uh, the reaction around the room among all the members of the band is, uh, and uh, I know I can't use four uh, expletives here, so I'll try to paraphrase as best I can. Okay. Just, just, Wait, we're not playing this effing crap. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you joking me, man? <laughs> Come on. No, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. So uh, I let the dust settle for a little while, and I was the old man of the group. Uh, everybody else was 18. Mark was 17, almost 18. <laughs> Floyd, Floyd, and, uh, and Pat and uh, Steve were 19. And uh, and I was 21, so I I you know was uh, man I was the, the the grandpa of the group for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> so uh, so I said, listen guys, all right, <clears throat> the song isn't the greatest song. It's not the kind of music that we play because the kind of music if you came to one of our shows that we were playing at the time, we were a contemporary quasi hard rock. I wouldn't say hard rock because it hadn't been invented yet, but we were playing Motown. We were playing Cream. We were playing Hendrix. Oh. We were playing Vanilla Fudge. Yes. That's the kind of band we were, and that's what we were writing. And uh, and and Reflections was kind of a takeoff on that. That was a kind of a song that was written by us and was kind of uh, not exactly in that genre, but not far from it, uh, and psychedelic kind of a thing. So uh, I said, listen, let's just record the song, and, 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 uh, and, 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 and they'll do do what they want with it and it's not going anywhere anyway nothing's going to happen with it so so we played it played it and it sounded no better than the original uh acetate so we said well we can't go back with that that's that's that's, that's not going to work you yeah. know so that's when the idea came up of let's uh let's borrow 
and everybody in music borrows, you know. Let's borrow the uh, the beat and the uh, and the uh, and the and the uh, bass and the organ backup kind of a section from Bully Bully and and Ninety Six Tears, and and see if we can uh, make it better. And that's what we did. And that ultimately ended up uh, making the song what you hear today. So that's how the song became what it became. Um, so then the song came out, and uh, as everybody knows, Simon Says became a big hit, and, and it went way up the charts, and uh, we got invited to go out, fly out to California to be on the uh, Dick Clark American Bandstand and crazy. all that stuff. So that was crazy, crazy stuff. But because of the nature of the song, because of it being light-duty bubblegum pop, uh, we basically didn't get anything like any kind of mutual respect from other players and other bands. Matter of fact, if anything, we got dissonance and discord and they looked down upon us and thought we were garbage. And there were even rumors flying around that we didn't even play the song. And in fact, uh, the rumors that the 1910 Fruit Gum Company were a studio band only and never really existed. Uh, still to this day, there are certain books that were written, like Norman Knight's History of Rock and Roll, that came out like in 1980 or so. It says in there, you know, that we were we never existed. So we, I have to fight that that battle all the time because there are still people that read that and go, "You you didn't do this song? It'd be damn straight, I did, man. Oh I my gosh! I recorded that stuff. You're trying to tell me I didn't do that, you know?" So because of this uh, negative feeling that we got um, to these young guys in the band, and me too, um, it didn't sit well with us that uh, we were being dissed by everybody else. And uh, we quickly came to the conclusion that just because we had a hit record was no big deal, especially if it, uh, if it wasn't artistically something that we wanted to pursue. So that ended up with the splintering of the van. Um, not long after Simon Says became a hit in March, uh, in, in April, the uh, drummer left. In May, the bass player left. In August, one of the guitar players left. And in September, I left. So there was the only one left of the five original guys was Mark Gutkowski, the guy who sang the songs. And he was the youngest member of the group. So his eyes were, uh, he didn't care about this attitude of, uh, of other players. He wasn't old, mature enough to think that way at the time. And uh, he saw fame and fortune and, and didn't care where it came from. So he stayed with Jeff and Jerry until the very end, which came uh, around eh, late 69, early 70, before the band finally folded for good. Um, so that's the story of the original Fruit Gum Company. Um, and if you had, and for years after that, none of us would even admit to having been involved in the band because we were more or less embarrassed by the style of music because it wasn't what we thought we wanted to do. And uh, I'd have to admit that uh, that included me too. But as time went on and I got older and thought about it, I says, hey, how many people have three gold records? You know what I mean? Uh, that's got to be some kind of achievement. And the other songs weren't as Mickey Mouse as uh, or, or as Simon Says was. Once or Three Red Lights certainly wasn't uh, as much bubblegum. And Indian Giver was far away from bubblegum, you know. Uh, so we kind of grew out of it anyway, even though most of the original members did not did not wait for that to happen. 
So when Nick Mansueto approached me in 1999 to put the band back together and put us back on the road, I was all for it. And, and, uh, and I'm very proud to say, you know, that, uh, that I made those records and I'm happy to talk to anybody about it. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it was a very, very fun, exciting time in my life and experience that, uh, that I will never forget. And something that I look back upon fondly, uh, even though, uh, there was a tough, there was a rough period, you know, uh, after the song Simon Says became a hit. But that's the end of my story. Well, I'm going to talk about that, but I want to give a couple shout outs in the chat room and there's a reason why. We've got John Terlizzi in there and uh, he's an incredible promoter. Thank you for everything that you do. And he had a death in the family he's saying hello and he's got to leave now. So we love you, John. Um, so I might as well say hello to everyone else. So Dominic Parisi, he's in the chat room. Hello to you, sweetheart. Carol, Marie, hello to you. We've got Mikey the Baron of Bayside, who's dying to hear Indian Giver. That will be, that's coming up. Not next, but that is coming up. Okay. And China Ina, hugs to you. And I want to give a special hello to someone in the chat room, Kevin McGowan. And this is why he is a personal uh, local friend of mine. He's a, a singer songwriter. Um, and he is off the charts and he messaged me about you guys and said he would not miss this interview. You guys are being heard all over the world. I've gotten messages from my friends in Australia, Limpy, AJ, we've got Anthony from the UK. They all shared this. Okay, we've got Shirley in Hong Kong. She shared it. We've got, um, oh, uh, what do you call it? In uh, um, Ellie in Ireland. She shared it. You're now in Nigeria. My friends in Nigeria shared this show. So wow. everyone is listening. I got so many messages about this interview. I can't even tell you. So, um, and they're all telling me, play this song, play this song. I said, I've got their songs in queue, guys. I hope one of them is yours. So I just wanted to say hello to everyone listening. And I also want to give a huge shout out to RTR, Remember Them Radio, for this incredible, incredible platform. Um, you know, Angel and Stevie, the owners, thank you, thank you. And Carol's in chat room as well. I think I missed her. So you're being heard all over the world, rightfully so. So what you, what you just said about like what was going on and with that song and everything and, and what's happened, I mean, that's like crazy to me. You know, your fans, they, we don't know all that stuff. Karen's in chat room. Hi, sweetheart. We don't know all that stuff. We only know, yeah. like, wow, this song is incredible. They're incredible. You know, so hearing it from the horse's mouth is amazing during this interview today. And I thank you for putting that out there. Are you hey, Jerry? Yes. Uh, you're talking about, you know, the beginnings of the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. And I just wanted to uh, mention that uh, before there was any inkling of the the uh, 1910 Fruit Gum Company, I had the pleasure of meeting Frank. Uh, I was playing in, in my high school band in Rawway, New Jersey. Oh. And uh, a couple of the guys in the band uh, belonged uh, to the synagogue in Rawway. And Frank's band, who I think was the Notations, Frank? That's right. Would play at their dances. So we were rehearsing for this Battle of the Bands at Rawway High School 
And uh, as a matter of fact, one of the guys in the band was a former bandmate and friend of Bob Kulik's. And uh, so uh, we, we were rehearsing and, uh, you know, picking out some songs. And we thought, you know, we're, we're, we're missing something. You know, we, we can't go into this competition the way we sound. So uh, the, the two guys that heard Frank's band, uh, they said, why don't you come down to our, our dance, you know, next, next weekend and uh, listen to this guy, Frank Jekyll. And uh, I said, okay. Um, and then we'll ask him if he can join us just for that one night, the, the night of the competition. So off I went and off they went and we listened and we said, I said, okay, who's going to ask him? And I guess one of the other guys decided to ask Frank. And, uh, you know, as Frank was one of those guys in, in your local uh, area where, where we were in Union County, uh, well known for being a, a good musician and, and people knew of him or knew him. So Frank said yes, and uh, so we rehearsed a couple times, I think in my living room, and uh, my mother and father's living room, and uh, we did the show, and uh, we tied for first place. So, uh, and then, that's that was it. That's how I met Frank, you know. When, when, was, the, when, when was that, Glenn? I believe it was 1965. I was four! That's so cool! <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, think how cool that is for me. You know, here you guys, you know, imagine back then, oh, this four-year-old, she's going to be interviewing us, you know, when she's 60. <laughs> that is so amazing. What a great story. So let me ask you, Glenn, uh, yeah? what, songs, what songs did we play? <laughs> oh, boy. I think, I think one of the songs we did was uh, That Boy by the Beatles. <gasps> okay. I And I can't remember the other ones. I thought we did help. <sighs> Ooh, I, I don't think so. Well, well, who knows? Okay, who knows? Yeah. So I have a question. I'm going to put both of you on the spot. And, and listen, only because I love you guys so much, you could say no, but I hope you don't. I, I, I do this to most of my incredible musician interviews, um, singers. Would you guys give me, like, I don't care if it's even 20 seconds of something acapella, anything you want. Let's do it. Uh, how, about, how, about, how about your mind? That, that goes off pretty well, the Cacapello. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. You remember that one, Jerry? I've, oh, come on. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who was it? <laughs> Put you on the spot. Okay. Um, Kojak, type it in for me. Hurry up. Pretend I know. You're mine. Um, <laughs> All right. Sing it. Come on, baby. Go ahead. Start it, Glenn. I'll jump in. You're mine, and we belong together. Yes, we belong together, but we're not together because we're on the way for eternity. Enough. That's enough. That's enough. Right here, everybody, on the Jerry Petito Show, RTR, you heard it right here. Frank, Jekyll, and Glenn Lewis, a little acapella for us, baby. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, my gosh, amazing. You're welcome. So, You're welcome. You're welcome. now, 
can't everybody singing along with you. <laughs> so now we are going to play. Let's see. Let's see who's going to be the first person to, to post on the ch- in the chat room uh, who did that song. Oh, Kevin's <laughs> singing along with you. Kevin, come on. Uh, Kojak, tell me who did the song. Come on, post it. I'm going to play. Okay, here we go, baby. They're all waiting for it. One, two, three, red light. Let's do it. Yes. baby talk about one two three red light hello all right let's do it somebody anybody well <laughs> oh here he comes hello hi there he is so, so talking about one two three red light one two three red light i remember that i'm talking in we belong together on my computer oh oh it was we belong together kojak yes Look it up, Kojak. We belong together. So let's talk about one, two, three, red light. Because who doesn't love and know that song? It was by Robert and Johnny. Robert and Johnny. Robert and Johnny sang that other song. That was so we cool. Belong, we belong together by Robert and Johnny. Yep, Kevin just typed it. Robert and Johnny. Hope, yes, Kevin. I, I hope I hope they get some uh, royalties. From, uh, <laughs> That's great. So yes, yeah, Sal and Bobby Tremacci. I was visiting. Uh, I was visiting Jeff Katz, our producer, at his office at, uh, at on Madison Avenue, where where they had an office. And uh, while I was there, this guy ambles in a, a songwriter, and uh, he's greasy. 
he has long stringy hair that looked like it hadn't been washed in, in uh, a very long time. Um, he's old. I mean, you know, very old. <laughs> Probably 30. <laughs> and, he sits, and he has a guitar case, which he might as well not have had a guitar case because most of it was missing and the guitar was almost hanging out of the case. But anyway, he sits down and he opens up what was left of the cover of the case and whips out a guitar and starts strumming it and starts singing... Every time I try to prove I love you, one, two, three, red light, stop me. So Jeff goes, I like it. Next thing you know, it became our next single and our second goal record. And you guys kind of just sang it for me here. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Later, oh, I love that. Say that again. So, so Sal Tremachi was, <laughs> Sal Tremachi was, I think he was 40. Amazing. That was, a, was that 20, was ancient. But I was, but I was 21. So to me, somebody 40 was ancient. You know, that's yeah. so funny. My daughter's 40. Okay. You're, that's so funny, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a 40 year old daughter also. Oh my gosh. Ancient. I'm 47. Oh my gosh, that's great. Um, that's because you're, you're so old. Oh right. my gosh. Right. That's so great. Um, so I have a couple of hellos for you. Larry Chance and Michael Diamore are both in their cars driving, listening, and they wanted me to tell you hello. Larry's on his way to a gig. Um, Michael's. Well, they're, both, they're, both, they're both dear friends. Tell them, uh, I tell them I miss them both and I hope to see them both soon. Yes. Yes. Um, Ditto. I'm going to share a cute little story I've shared on here before about um, Larry first um, and then Michael. But Larry, so Remember Then Radio was named after his song, Remember Then. Right. And my Aunt Nancy from Staten Island was actually my connection to both Larry Chance and Michael Diamore. Her and my uncle, who's gone now, they were huge doo-woppers and oldies and all that. So she knew so many... Um, you know, incredible legends from back in the day and Bobby Valley and, you know, his brother and just like, you know, so many incredible things went on. So Aunt Nancy introduced me to Larry and I'm going to share something with you. When I was enshrined in 2019 in the Hall of Fame, I wasn't allowed to hear what the judges all over the world said until it was done. And one of the judges, he, the, I forget what country this judge was out of. It could have been Stockholm or um, he said this. The reason he voted for me was if Jerry Petito could get to interview Larry Chance on the same network that named their network after his song, Remember Then? needs to be in because he was a huge Larry Chance and the Earls yeah. fan. So how about that? <laughs> That's wonderful. Larry is a really fine guy. Oh my gosh. And, amazing. You know, what's funny too is, uh, you know, we've, we've worked with Larry and, uh, be in the, in the green room or whatever backstage. And, uh, Larry is doing like a, a stand up comedy routine. I mean, he's a <laughs> genuinely funny guy. <laughs> same with Vito. Vito's the same. They're amazing. Remember, remember, remember. There it is. Remember, remember, remember that. that remember that. That night we fell in love. We need the stars above. That was a lovely summer night. Remember that. All right. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You, you don't know how you're making my day right now. Okay. Like you really are. 
and everyone in the chat room is loving it. And thank you, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're putting, yeah, we're putting stuff on the tape that you're gonna have to erase. So no, I, uh, I don't do that, Coach. <laughs> listen, my interviews are live, baby. I don't erase nothing. Okay, not me. That's Kojak. That's what they do. Not me, baby. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Um. So now, Michael Diamore. So. My aunt, my aunt calls me up one day and she's like, okay, listen, you're going to get a, you're going to get a call from Michael Diamore, the new lead singer of the Capris. He's unbelievable. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, you know? And then she calls me back and she says, listen, she says, Bobby Valley's, she said, Frankie, wait, how'd she say? Bobby Valley's going to call you right now. Frankie Valley's brother. He's going to call you now. So I hang up. My phone rings. So the gentleman says, hi, Jerry, how are you? Your Aunt Nancy gave me your number. And I said, I'm really great. How are you? And he says, great. I said, and how's your brother? And he says, my brother, who do you think you're talking to? I said, isn't this Bobby <laughs> Valley? He goes, no, it's Michael Diamore. <laughs> so we still laugh about that, but they're both in my life. And I got to hug Larry Chance on my 59th birthday on the night last March. So it was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. Michael, Mike, Michael and I go back almost 15 years so uh, crazy I, went, I used to go watch him uh he used to do a uh a show in local pubs local bars and i remember going to see him in a, in a bar in roselle roselle park new jersey way way back in uh geez 2006 2007 long time ago amazing yeah well he was my introduction to you and i want to thank you guys again for coming out singing for me man so <laughs> Having said that, we just burst out into song, you know. Yes, I uh, love and it. We, and, we, and we didn't even get through all the songs. You're making my day, okay? What a shame! What a shame! Maybe we should sing some more. So now, yeah, let's play <laughs> "Goody Goody Gumdrops." Oh, goody! All right, and then you can sing after this too, you know, honey, honey. Here we go. I'm getting weaker, weaker every time.
you guys got to say about this song, Goody Goody Gumdrops? Come on. I'm getting weaker, weaker every time I hear Sweeter, sweeter. The girl's driving me insane. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. I'm in awe, and I am smiling and giggling like a little kid. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, baby. So tell us about that song. Come on, man. Goody, goody, gumdrops. Well, I don't know a whole lot about that song because it was actually recorded uh, after I left the band in September of 68. Um, and uh, what I do know about it is there's a fellow out of Philadelphia whose uh, name, of course, I'm not going to remember. Uh, I met him. At the, we played at the Mummers one time, the Mummers Museum, and he actually came to the show and... Uh, Billy Carl, Billy Carlucci. Did you know oh, that? yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, Billy Carlucci wrote that song, and his group played it. And uh, they were going to, they were with Jeff and Jerry, our producers, and they were going to have their own release. But uh, Jeff, for some reason, talked Billy into letting it become a fruit gum release. So they just took the tracks that, that they had done with Billy Carlucci and his band, and they, re, they just re-recorded Mark's vocal on top of it, and it became a fruit gum song. But the entire Goody Goody Gumdrops album is full of all of Billy Carlucci's songs and works because he he created pretty much most of it. I interviewed him know. a few weeks ago with a bunch of people. Bet there were six of them. Bet you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Very he didn't cool. Bring it up either. He didn't bring it up either. Did he? Um, you know what though? I don't want to say he didn't. He may have, but again, I do. That day, I must have done three interviews, so I don't want to say he didn't. Because well, well, anyway, now you know. Now, now I know. know. Yes. Now you know. Now you know the real story. So that's so cool. Thank <laughs> you for that. No, really. Who's that guy out of Chicago? He used to say that. The uh, rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay. <laughs> um, I have one more song in queue, and Mikey, the Baron of Bayside, baby, he hasn't stopped typing about it. Okay. We are going to play this for Mikey, especially, because... Oh, you can't play it. You can't play it. No? No, it's politically incorrect. Sorry. Okay. So, but, but, <laughs> but, okay, Mikey, I have it. I promise. Listen, don't tell anyone. I'm going to play it, but don't tell anyone, okay? So here we go. <laughs> you, got a, you got a story about that. I can't wait first? for the story. You want to do... The, well, what do you, would you like to do? You want to do the story first? Fine. Do the story. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Shooting star years, maybe or so ago, we uh, we had a job at a, uh, a Native American uh, reservation casino out in Monoman, uh, Wisconsin. I think it was. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota, and uh, it was pretty interesting. We we flew into I don't know St. Paul, I guess, and then we took this long ride in a van with all our stuff and. Uh, but anyway, uh, I had been concerned because I, I am sympathetic toward uh, you know the, the plight of many Native Americans, and I thought this this song is kind of inappropriate if we're going to an Indian reservation, and I I really had some reservations. Uh, <laughs> no, pun, no pun intended. That was uh, great. You, you intended that. So we're all set up. We're ready to do our sound check. And in walks the uh, the Native American manager, and uh, he had a, a long 
black ponytail and I guess, you know, cowboy boots and was dressed Western style. And he introduced himself and we all said hi. And the next <laughs> thing out of his mouth was, boy, I hope you guys do Indian Giver. That was the first 45 record that I ever bought. Uh... I hope you're doing it. Because we were so, all we were all set to leave it out of our set. Oh, yeah. I love that. So I, I wish I could remember his name, but he was so bubbly, and he walks into the room, and you know, he just kind of his personality just kind of took over. You know, really, really cool guy. So I okay, was, I think it was Sitting Bull, Chief. Sitting yeah, Bull. right, Chief Sitting nah, Bull. I don't think so. But but so wait, I have a question. Was the reception from the other people good when you sang it? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. In fact, in fact, interestingly enough, the bulk of the audience there were not Native American Indians. Oh, this okay. Was high, this was a special concert for their high rollers. I gotcha. That was a cool little story. Thank you for that. Sure yeah. enough. So now, Mikey the Baron, baby, this one's for you. Jack's up to his nonsense here, baby. So Bobby Bloom, Richie Cordell, and Bo Gentry wrote Indian Giver. 
and Pow Wow is the B-side. Is that correct, boys? What? Crickets. <laughs> oh, crickets. You know, okay. So you know what's so funny? All the... That was one of our best songs. I mean, when everybody, whenever we meet anybody, they all say, are you the guys that did Pow Wow? That's I mean, so can't believe funny. it. Can't believe yeah. I'm meeting you. Wow. So funny. You know what's so funny? I've heard from so many entertainers, like the craziness of the business and, you know, how everyone did get screwed royally, you know, monetarily from all the producers and, and that kind of thing. And you guys pretty much made your money when you did your live shows, right? That's all we made. We didn't certainly not get, certainly never got anything from the records. That's crazy. Everybody tells me the same thing from back in the day, and that just blows that was, my mind. That was, but that was the name of the game. It was a formula back then. These these record companies and producers, they, they wanted you know material that they could put out and make money with. And uh, to them, uh, the musicians and the singers and the artists and the writers were just pawns in the game that they played. And uh, their, their, their game was simple. You, uh, you either played it their way, they would go find somebody else. So if you wanted to have your chance at, at making it and becoming something, becoming somebody, you had to pretty well sign away everything. That's just crazy to me. Well, it's the way it is. I think it's still that way today. Wow. You know, I, I wouldn't have known any of that, you know, and most people didn't. And when I started doing a lot of the musicians, the interviews with them, and they were talking about this stuff, I was like blown the crap away because I would never, ever think that that was even possible. You know, we all look at it like, oh my gosh, they did so amazing. They're probably rich and famous and this and that, but none of that happened. No. That's so sad to me. But look at you. You're here today with me, man. I mean, you're making me famous today. I mean, come That's on, it. baby. Come on. Well, this, this, is, this is the gravy from... from what we did this is the good good stuff the good times the fun and uh we love being here we love being on your show and we're happy that uh there are people like you out there still doing this and mm. keeping keeping the old music alive because uh it's the best there ever was and there's never going to be anything to top it you're right about that i always say i was born too late that i i was born in 61 i said i should have been a hippie doo-wopper i would have been wearing a long ponytail and a black leather jacket with a poodle skirt and blue suede shoes, baby. <laughs> well, the, well the, the, the ponytails had a song for you. Yeah, sing yeah. it. Sing it. Born too late, too late for you, for you to, to notice me. To you, I'm just a kid that you won't date. Why was I born too late? Okay. You guys are now my all-time favorites. You're the only ones that ever did that for me. That's it. <laughs> you want to you want to hear the ghost story? Yes. Involving the 1910 fruit company? Yes. Company? Yes. No, no, I don't want to hear it. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Jerry wants to hear it. Please. Oh, okay. All right, yes. Going back, I don't know, 9, 8, 9 years maybe. We had a gig uh in uh, Calumet, Michigan, which is in the UP. Do you know what UP is? No. The Upper Peninsula of uh, Michigan. Okay. And the Calumet Theater was one of these theaters that was, I, I guess, from the late 1800s, maybe. And uh, there's there's a group, uh, a Midwestern arts group, that restores a lot of these old theaters. 
so it was beautifully restored. And uh, but the, we we were told that it was haunted. So it was haunted by uh, a Polish or Russian uh, singer named uh, Helena Majeska. And she was there either in the late 1800s or very early 1900s. She performed there, and her spirit, uh, it was said, still roams around, and uh, every once in a while, people might see her or witness something that happened. Well, something happened. <gasps> and uh, the, the best one to tell this story, but he's not here, is our drummer, Keith Crane, because... Uh, he was he was one of the recipients of her uh, visit. So uh, what happened was uh, <laughs> we're doing our sound check, and Keith is witnessing firsthand. You know his his drums are mic'd. There's so there's microphones for the the cymbals, the different drums, the bass drum, and he's watching one of the microphones actually lower itself. <gasps> Nobody was touching it, you know, so he said, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? And uh, he, he tells it much better than I do. That is but, so uh, cool. So, But the other thing was we had all our, our sound levels all set. So, uh, so during the show, you know, we, we would have the same levels that we had during the sound check. But someone or something changed the levels. And uh, so they had to do a little readjusting. And, uh, you know, of course, we don't know how that happened. What what in the world is going on here, you know? So it just could have been Helena Mojeska. Oh, my so gosh. Leads it, the rest is up, up to your listeners to decide. That's amazing. I, I love those kind of stories because, you know, I've had some experiences as well. And yeah. when you think about it, how do we not... We have to believe there's something out there. We have to. Because yeah. we can't... It, it's almost like ridiculous and selfish thinking we're it. And I don't even want to believe we're it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so cool. That is so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So, guys, we've played all your songs I've got. Everyone was going crazy. I want everyone... To have an opportunity to hear maybe like what's up and coming. Um, I know you probably might be forgetting some things, but who would like to go first and share some things and and tell them how to get in touch with you guys? Maybe buy some of your music. The floor is yours. Tell the fans anything and everything you want them to know. Well, you mean like like uh, any of our shows? Yeah, anything. Done? Every what you've done, what's coming up. How do, if, if... Well, you know, probably one of the most memorable things was uh, in, in 2019, we did the Concerts at Sea cruise out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. We did the, the Western Caribbean. And uh, it was just an amazing, amazing trip. And uh, on the, the other groups on the show uh, and, and individuals, uh, remember Rare Earth, that group? Uh, Peter Rivera, who was uh, with Rare Earth, he was on the show. Um, Buckingham's with uh, yep. Carl G. Marisi mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Joey Molland from Badfinger was on it. And our, our MC was Tom Garrett, who's uh, with the Classics Four. Yes. And he did a great job. 
Then we had uh, Danny and the juniors who uh, uh, really were uh, probably uh, at the point where where they were were not doing too many shows after that. I don't think, and, and one of the members passed away shortly after that. But they they go way back to the fifties, and then Paul Revere's Raiders. Uh, so it was a great lineup, and uh, uh, and this is the interesting thing about that is that on the ship's lounge, uh, on on a one night, the lounge featured all the bands, and they would take like the bass player from one group, the guitar player from another group, the drummer from another group, keyboard player from a different group, and they put them all together. It just kind of uh, freewheeled it, you know. It, it was really an interesting and fun night, and uh, it's just very memorable. I don't think I'll ever. And our, our spouses were with us, so mm. I mean, they they were just loving every minute of it, and it was really a great thing to experience. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. As a matter of fact, uh, during that freewheeling night that Glenn referred to, uh, there was also some Q and A going on. And uh, Peter Rivera, who was the drummer for Rare Earth and also happened to be the lead vocalist for Rare Earth, uh, he sang this, the songs uh, Get Ready, Get Ready, that song. Oh, man. Yep. So Peter is, uh, happens to be one of the top drummers that uh, I've ever seen play live. And, uh, he was playing, you know, some really complicated, complex drum beat where he was going all over the place and there was just a, 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 a share a hair short of being a, a drum solo but it was just a fabulous just thunking beat and at the same time somebody asked him a question and he's having a conversation with somebody in the audience <laughs> and he never he never, he never missed he never missed a thing in his beat the beat There's was going amazing. on like, like it was like it was recording you know what I mean? And, yeah. and he's having this, this ad-lib conversation and making perfect sense with the guy, with, That's the, great. with the, the, one, of, one of the guests on the, on the cruise, you know? <laughs> and his voice, his voice hasn't changed a bit. He sings just like, just like he recorded the songs last yeah. week. You know? yeah. So he was fabulous. Amazing. Um, oh my gosh. John Terlizzi's telling everyone, look up his group guys on Facebook, do whoppers, please do. You won't be sorry. Um, so guys, how can they, where should they go to see what's up and coming with you? Do you have a website or what can you tell oh, them? Oh yeah, we do, we do. Tell them to go to, to uh, www.stillalive.com. No, no, no. No, no, that's wrong. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the real website? Oh my gosh. Uh, www.1910fruitgumcompany.com Oh my gosh, you're making me pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our, our next uh, major show is uh, we're flying out to, uh, where are we going, Glenn? Deadwood City. Deadwood, Deadwood, <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> Yay! We're going to be out there. Yeah, we're going to be out there at the end of the month. Oh my gosh. Um, Dead, Deadwood is actually... Uh, in the next month. In, yeah, that's right. It isn't August yet, is it? I'm no. dating I'm dating myself. I'm rushing myself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, August... I think it's August 28th that we're doing the show in Deadwood. And uh, Deadwood actually uh, is probably one of the most unique places we've ever performed at. Why? Because it's the largest crowd we've ever had. Uh, we, we've been there uh, one time before about four or five years ago 
and uh, they closed the center of the town and put up a huge stage that blocks the main intersection in town completely. And then in, uh, uh, the way the stage face faces a whole other city block down, they put up a huge jumbotron facing the people beyond that so they can see and hear. And there's speakers out there as well. And the crowd uh, was estimated to be 16,500 people. And, uh, and we were the only act wow. Saturday night, and it was just us, nobody else. So can you imagine 16,500 no. people coming out to see yeah, the 1910 Fruit Gum Amazing! Company? It's a big car show. Yeah, it's a car show also. So we like to think that they all came to hear us, but uh, that's probably a stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my and, gosh! And, and another neat thing about that town is, you remember uh, way back in the eight, late eighteen hundreds, there was this. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill Hickok. Remember Wild Bill Hickok? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was apparently a uh, well-known guy, which is why you'd hear about him now. But uh, apparently, he was quite the gambler. And he was quite good. And uh, at this one particular instance, uh, <laughs> at very near the end of his life, <laughs> he wiped out some other guy. And uh, the guy was very unhappy about it and, uh, to the point where the next day he walked in and shot Wild Bill Hickok in the back and killed him, which is a sad thing, of course. And uh, the cards on the table in front of Wild Bill Hickok were aces and eights. Oh, yes, right. yes, to Dead Man's right. Hand. To this, to this, right, to this very day. Yes, dead, dead Man's Hand. So, okay, I didn't know that and story. That's, and that saloon with uh, the table and the whole thing is preserved there so that you can go and visit it and say, I was, I was there. Okay, so wait, and that's where you, you're going? Yes. Wait, okay, can you tell me the name of that again, the saloon? It's, uh, I don't know the name of the saloon, but it's in Deadwood, South Dakota. So did they name... If you, look, if, you look, if, if you look up Wild Bill Hickok yep. on, on uh, Wikipedia, I'm sure it'll give you all the details. Okay, so you don't know why I'm so excited about what you just told me. No, I don't. Okay, I'm going to share it. And listen, I, one day I might take it right out there, baby. So I am a poker player, gambler, dealer, professional dealer, and I owned a poker league for 10 years in Mercer County called Ms. Night Owl Poker. And I was oh. in all the bars and venues for 10 years many, with this league. Faces, the, the many faces of Jerry Petito. Okay. So <laughs> we only knew that as the dead man's hand. I didn't know that story. And I knew while Bill Hillcock got shot over poker, but I never knew that was connected. Wow, that is there so cool. I'm going to look this all up now. Thank you for that story. That is really cool. cool. And, and also, uh, they don't have an airport, obviously. This is a small town. And uh, so you have to fly into, I think we flew into Rapid City, South Dakota, and uh, drove there. And uh, on the way, we were able to uh, do a little bit of a side side trip to uh, Mount Rushmore, which is in the area. So we got to see Mount Rushmore uh. as, as a, as a side, of, side effect of being out there. So if you do do that, that's something you can do too. Do you know what's so funny? 
listen, my daughter's going to crack up laughing at this. The main reason I want to go is to see the card table. And and ever, anyone else would be like, we're going to Mount Rushmore. Let's go check that card, the card table out. You know, me, I want to do that first. And then, of course, I'll do Mount Rushmore. That's great. Oh, my gosh. So, okay. Yeah. Now. Uh, we have one more show coming up. Yep. Uh, in, in the near future. It's in, uh, and we talked about it earlier. Yep. Uh, that's the one on September 25th in the State Theater in Brunswick. On that show with us are Jay and the Americans. Yep. No Christie. Dennis Stefano of the Buckinghams, singing all the Buckingham hits, and the Bronx Wanderers. So it's a really, really great show. Well, guys, on September 25th, State Theater, um, I will be there. I am ordering tickets this week. Guys, come on, come out. I cannot wait. Yes. All right, so. And we also have a show coming up in November. I think it's the 5th. I'm not sure of that day. It's going to be at the FM Kirby Center in Wilkesbury. Okay. And when they go on the website, they can see all this? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. All of our, all of our shows. Very when you get cool. on the website, it opens up, and on the left hand side, there's uh, there's a tab. You click that says Tours, and uh, it, it will, it'll show you uh, everything that's coming up. Very cool. So, guys, I want to say thank you to all our listeners, of course, everyone in chat, RTR. I mean, what an incredible show, but what an incredible honor for me to have you guys here today. I want to well, thank you to personally. Thank you yeah, thank you for having us. Well, yeah. thank you pleasure. for our doing pleasure. it. I mean, listen, I, you know, I can't believe that I got to interview both of you. And so I'm like in awe right now and you made my day and you guys were incredibly fun. You're funny and no one ever sang born too late for me, except you guys. You're now my favorites. Yeah, we're good looking too. <laughs> That's right, baby. Honey, honey. <laughs> you, sugar, sugar, sugar. Oh, Ron Dante. I interviewed him. Yeah. He's a good, good, good friend of ours. Yep. Uh, He's from Staten Island. Did you know that? I guess you might yes. have found that out. When you yes, were talking to I have family yeah. in Staten Island. And you know what's funny? I giggled at his songs too. So whenever I had to like talk to him or message him, I would go, hey, sugar. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah. so, he's, uh, he's, just start, he's just started the Happy Together tour tonight or last night out in Quakerstown. So uh, he's, he's one, of, one of the turtles now. Uh, oh, my gosh. So and, cool. Uh, so he's... So cool. So before I uh, end with my theme song, I'm going to have you guys say one last thing to all your fans out there because they're loving you. All right. Well, I'll, I'll say something. It's uh, it's always good to, to see people at the show. And what I particularly enjoy, I mean, of course, I enjoy doing the show. But after the show, when we uh, sit at our table and people come up, uh, some somebody will bring a like a Simon says uh, 45 record and ask us to sign it. Mm. But the, but the people it just they're so good, they're so nice and and friendly, you know, and it's uh, I enjoy that part of the the night, you know, it's really enjoyable. So that's amazing. my piece. Amazing. And I, and I agree. Amazing. No, amazing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's super fun. So I can't wait. I can't wait to hug you guys again. I will see you at that concert. And again, everyone, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to my special guests, you have really honored me today. Thank you, sweetheart. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do, just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound, safe and sound. That's exactly how change is. 